When we come to Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, we come to a place where we receive a measure of heaven in our hearts and our minds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We discover the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. We do that every year. We're very excited. This year we're starting again. And I would suggest that you get your Bible guide out because it's going to be very important. Janice, we have Ryan and Corey who are here, and they're going to help us with our special guest, Jim. Jim is here, and uh, you've got some very interesting things to talk about, Jim. I do. Um, I know that we're going to air right now almost Christmas. Yep. And we're taping what? November the 3rd. Today is November 3rd. So between today's broadcast and November the 3rd, World War III may have broken out. We don't know. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not overstating it when I say that. So okay. let's keep that in mind. There's a gap here. Second Peter 1, 1 through 11. Simon Peter a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. 2 Peter chapter 1, 2, and 3. Another great passage from Scripture as we look at Peter. Uh, he is a really interesting character. And one of the characteristics that a Christian will develop over time is the ability of self-control. It is one of the fruits of God's Holy Spirit that will grow in the life of someone who actively follows God. Now, self-control does not just mean holding back our temper or letting our mouths off and spewing off colorful words, sometimes 
in stress or conflict. It's much more than that. There are ways to learn how to listen to others and really hear them in their complaints without taking everything so personally, like I tend to do. Well, the life application of self-control is vast. I mean, it reaches into all areas and corners of our life. Now, Peter builds on this idea in his second letter written to the church. He talks about the ability of the Christian mind to gain faith, to gain virtue, to gain knowledge, and to gain self-control, perseverance, and godliness. In other words, those who truly follow Christ with their lives are different than those who do not. When we give our lives to follow Christ, we gain the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us navigate one another's personalities. And if ever we needed to navigate one another's personalities, this is that time. Do I really need to tell you that in our world of social media? Where all the logarithms are designing your material to come to you, what you want? You know, we kind of lost something there because there was a time, I remember a time when we didn't have social media, we didn't have the internet, and you just went to school and you just, you know, I mean, you had to deal with people one-on-one, face-to-face. We seem to have lost some of that. But God teaches us through his wonderful word about self-control. Take your Bible guide and turn to it. It is a great passage. And let me say that if you don't have a Bible guide, you're going to want to get one. Because uh, if you if you have the Bible guides or you get them, you've already got the new one. But if you don't, you won't get the new one coming in January. And I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, it's all new material. And we wrote it every year's new material. And we wrote it. And uh, ha- I had a lot of fun doing it. It was awesome. God really spoke to my life. So uh, you can go to Bible Discovery TV and get it. Let's pray today. Father, help us. Help us as we talk about self-control. We are in a world that anything but self-control is evident. Show us your path and teach us your ways. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name. And this is what we said together, Lord, as we focus on your word, change our hearts with your word in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Self-control, what does that mean? Well, let's take a look. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ, our God and Savior Jesus Christ, He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great precious promises that through these You may be partakers of the divine nature. Now look at that, that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Fascinating. 
You see, when we come to Christ, we receive a measure of heaven. Remember that we are representatives of God on this earth. We're representatives of the Lord on this earth. A lot of people don't like that, but that's the truth. That's what God did. That's why he's given us his Holy Spirit to help change our life. That's why we have to constantly submit to him in order to change our life, beloved. So as we do that, let's read on because this get, Peter gets really interesting here. He says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Here he goes. Virtue. Add to your virtue, knowledge. To your knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound in you, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sin. That's amazing. True Christians reveal themselves as they live in the community of people. True Christians reveal themselves as they live in the community of people. Our greatest source and example is Jesus Christ. There is nobody else who has lived it like Jesus did. He was God and he was perfect. And he died on the cross and rose again in the flesh. I want to tell you, he, they don't have his body because his body is in heaven right now. And he is the firstborn of the resurrection. I look forward to that. Every Sunday I go to church to celebrate his resurrection. Very, very important. Let's read the last part of this because this is really good. First or second Peter chapter four, chapter one, verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent, be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? As Christians, we must always keep close to God. Challenges will come, but that is good because it helps us to grow. And let me tell you something. The more we grow, the more we understand that we're going to live for eternity. And the more we understand we're going to live for eternity, it's really something. Because think about this. If you live forever, whatever you do, God sees it. Whatever you do, God supervises it. So today is the beginning when we know Christ. When we come to know Christ, that's the beginning of our eternal life. I'm somebody who was saved when I was 14 years old, and that's when I began my eternal life. And it's the opposite of what it is today. At the front part, that's the hardest part. But as we go along, it becomes easier. Shed this body and we become easier. We get a new body. Praise God. That is excellent. So... Let's remember, we are eternal creatures, and when we get to heaven, I want to meet you. Let's meet when we all get to heaven. What do you say? 
Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. You know, as we focus on this, of course, this is November the 3rd. We're taping this program, which is December the 19th. That's when it will air. So we're a, month, a little over in a month and a week ahead, maybe two weeks ahead. Uh, and, and Jim, we're talking about Israel and the impact of the war in Israel on the rest of the world. There's a lot of people that have developed ideas about it. Personally, I stand with Israel, so I'm, I'm upset and all of that. But what is the, what, what is this? Is this the end times? Like, what's going on? When, um, when I was a little guy, in fact, I, I say in a kind of a facetious way, I cut my teeth on a church pew, you know. I, I, I cut my teeth and have a permanent dent in my head from sleeping on wooden pews while my dad preached. I'm a preacher's kid, and my whole family have been in the ministry now since uh, 19, um, 1913, just before the beginning of the Second World, First World War. Um, so I'm fourth-generation Pentecostal preacher. Um, I don't remember a service when I was a kid, whether it was Christmas or Easter, a baby dedication, a funeral, a wedding, when the preacher, my father, or a visiting speaker didn't bring up the subject of Jesus is coming again. The second return of Christ was huge after the Second World War. You know, the world had gone through two massive uh, convulsions. And uh, everyone's focus was on the spiritual realities. And the church was convinced Jesus was coming back before 1956. I mean, how, how can he not come back? The scripture promises. But then, then there was the, the skeptic, not necessarily the cynic. You know, a skeptic is not a cynic. A cynic is just negative. Right. A skeptic says, I'm not convinced, I'm not sure, but my mind is open. So mm -hmm. I, I appreciate a skeptical perspective. Nevertheless, look, the Apostle Paul thought Jesus was coming back in his lifetime. Every generation of Christians from then till now has thought Jesus coming back in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. He hasn't come back. So, you know, is this a crock? What is this? And most young preachers never bring the topic up. They don't preach it. They don't talk about it. They don't pray about it. It's just not there because we've basically become calloused to the very idea of the second return of Christ. The theologians called it the parousia in, uh, in the Greek. Well, let's get some perspective here. In 2 Peter, chapter, uh, um, I forget what, what's the chapter. I'll, I'll, I don't want to mislead any of you, so I'll, I'll find it myself. 2 Peter, uh, where, can anybody tell me where 2 Peter is? Chapter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chapter 3, verse 8. A thousand with the Lord a day, a day, is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day, right? Mm -hmm. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, 
Instead, he's impatient, not wanting, not, he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, mm-hmm. but everyone to come repents. So, a thousand years is a day. He's playing a long game. We're in day three. Yeah. <laughs> we just started day three. Jesus is coming soon. And he might come back in day three. You know, three days seems to be kind of a significant thing. You know, whether it's the resurrection or the, you know, there's a number of references in, in the prophets about the, the, the third day. Um, we may be very well the ones who will witness the return of Christ. So, when I pastored in Jerusalem, um, every end time flake in Christendom came through town. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I say that with all respect. Seems to be a, a draw. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a magnetic force. And time flakes, many of them with their own newsletters and their own mailing lists. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they wanted to make hay while the sun shines. And uh, they would come to me because I was the pastor of the biggest church in Jerusalem. And they would want my endorsement. And if they were really lucky, preach in our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they make you pictures and send back their email list or their mailing list. It's before email. I had more weird people. This one woman came to me one day from Texas, and unlike most Texans, she spoke with a drawl. Most Texans don't speak with a drawl. Most Texans are immigrants from New York State. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she's there with this wide-eyed look, and she's there in the service, and she wants to talk to me. And so she introduces, I'm being nice. You know, for the first few years in, in, in Jerusalem, I was nice to these people. And then I had an epiphany. Nice is not a fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to be nice. I started asking hard questions. This is another reason why people didn't want me back after they heard me preach once. But anyway, you know, Pastor, I was walking home the other day. I, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Southern Texas. And my daughter's teddy bear was on the sidewalk. And I reached down to pick up the teddy bear. And you know, the teddy bear spoke to me and said, get thee to Jerusalem, and told me what I should do. I didn't want to know what she should do. I didn't mm. ask. But, you know, this, this is the kind of airheaded flakiness. Mm-hmm. Another guy came through who wrote a book, 88 Reasons by Jesus Coming Back in 1988. This was in 1983. I said, excuse me, he's not coming back in 1988. He was very offended. I said, even Jesus didn't know in his flesh. And you know? Well, God's given me a special revelation, brother. What does Jesus say in Matthew 24? And just just a quick, the disciples said, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. That's his first word. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah, and will deceive many. You'll hear of wars. Rumors of wars. But see to it, you're not alarmed. Mm-hmm. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birth pains. You'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. 
At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, here's the kicker. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Well, this is Jesus talking. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in the prophetic types giving me their spin. What does Jesus say? I'll go with what Jesus says. Don't be alarmed, he says. All this has to happen. And when you read it, it's like he's describing our day. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilence. Have we ever had so many earthquakes? Have we ever had so many wildfires? I mean, California is battling wildfires again. Earthquakes. Morocco is still trying to recover from that massive earthquake they had a few months ago. Uh, Central African Republic, um, Ethiopia, Yemen with that massive uh, um, civil war and the Houthi rebels being backed by Iran and, and, and attacking Israel and attacking Saudi. Uh, Ukraine, mm-hmm. Israel, Gaza. Mm-hmm. Um, Internal fighting? I mean, has there ever been so much discord in Congress, in the U.S., than there has been over the last few months? Environmental disasters? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rising sea levels? As I'm speaking, uh, northern France, central Italy, and uh, the Channel uh, Islands and the southern part of the U.K., totally inundated with eight inches of rain in three hours. 120 mile an hour winds. And that's just one. Uh, Have there ever been so many hurricanes? So, what do I see? For his own reasons, our Heavenly Father has given Satan executive authority as the prince of the powers of the darkness of the air. I don't know why he did it, but he did it for a period of time. The work of Satan is manifest everywhere on our planet in hatred, in war, in destruction, in death, and sorrow on every level. But it's like he's gone into overdrive. The Bible says he, he, he seeks to kill and destroy. Well, has there ever been more killing and destruction than there is in our day? I don't think so. I think Satan knows something that we don't know. Mm. I think This is his last kick at the can. I think he knows this is the last day. The third day. (laughs) And when I look at the absolutely unfathomable evil in our world, it has to be satanic. Yeah. Yeah. It is energized Mm -hmm. by the gates of hell itself. Yes. Yes. But then Jesus says, look, fellas and gals. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Even as we speak, and even as all of this tumult, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like a, a kind of a, not a smog, a, a, an air pollution that's pressing down on us and, and dragging air out of our lungs. In the midst of all of that, there's a marvelous move of God in Iran. There are the yeah, there, there are more believers in China than there are in all of America. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
young people, I'm finding this as I'm traveling around, young people in their 20s and early 30s are coming back to faith. And, and, and they don't want a kind of an airy-fairy, you know, I feel good kind of faith. They want some substance. They want some biblical um, lyrics to what they're singing. They, 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 they want some orthodoxy. They, they, they want some theology. Some reality. Some reality. Okay. So, be not alarmed. And he is coming soon. And, I, you know, I've, I've been on this planet a long time. Gee. <laughs> I'm, in my, I'm, in my, I'm in my eighth decade. Can you believe it? <laughs> but um, I might not live to see it. But maybe my kids and my grandkids will see it. I think before this century is over, Jesus will have returned. And when you tell me, I haven't read it yet. You read a news feed to me. Now, this again is November the 3rd that there's now serious talk about World War III. Mm. I say, God have mercy. Yes. And even so come Lord Jesus. Mm. Mm. Thus endeth the sermon. Mm. <laughs> and, no, that's good. And what yeah. a hope it is. Yes. Like we're not, the return of Christ is not something that we're supposed to be divided over. No. It's not mm -hmm. something we're supposed to be obsessed with in an, un in an unhealthy way. It's supposed to give us hope yeah. in times of darkness and times of suffering and, and, and everything that we're seeing around us. I mean, when you think about Paul, when he's encouraging the Thessalonians who are going through great suffering. Encourage he, one he another with these words. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to remember that and to thank you for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Uh, on the next program, I want to talk about WOW again. I want to talk about your program because your program is very important. And, uh, you know, Jim is a part of us. He's like my older brother, really, mm. to be honest with you. Uh, but it, it is excellent. We love to work on his program and help him with that. But this is the time when we focus on God. Jesus Christ is the answer. His word, his word. That's what we should be reading. That's what we should be focusing on. Let's study on. I got a hold of a Roku box years ago, and I've got five of them now, but I love them. They're awesome. And a Roku channel is, or a box, has a whack of channels on it. And we've got a channel, and it has all of our programs and a 24-7 channel that we broadcast other programs as well. Check it out at Bible Discovery TV on the Roku channel. Let's pray today. Lord, help me to live my life according to your gospel and to share it with others.